Dunkumentaries is presented by SeatGeek, who've helped producers Emma and Joe finally make it to that Nets game. I just used the tickets from the SeatGeek app to get into Barclays Center, and now I'm going to meet Joe in our seats. Joe! Hey, Emma, you made it. I made it. The game's really good, and our seats are also really good. Yeah, it looks pretty much like it did on the app, on SeatGeek app. And, dude, you just missed LeBron doing an incredible backwards dunk. I was, like, out of my seat. Joe, I don't see any nachos here. No nachos, but chicken tenders and beer. Thanks, Jacoby. Yeah, we want some dunking. Where's the dunks? It's literally over. It's actually over. SeatGeek is your ticket to live games. Hey, I'm Kevin Wilds, and this is Dunkumentaries, a podcast series from ESPN about dunking and all the ideas around it. Oh, that's a 50. That's a 50. Wait, 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 wait. Let me see it. Oh. Break it down here. Oh. Take your jackets off. Let's go home. That's what I'm talking about. That was this year's dunk contest, and everybody thought it was amazing. It got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's take a listen to some of those rave reviews. I mean, this might be the best contest that I've seen since Jordan against Dominique. It was so good. Incredible. If you didn't see this, you need to find it. The best dunk contest since Vince Carter did it. The last guy was David Jacoby, and he's here now. Hello, Kevin. Hi, buddy. So when I watched this year's dunk contest, it was very good. Don't get me wrong. It was great. I loved it. And I had a part of me that was said, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And then I had a, a small voice in the back of my head that said, no, it wasn't that awesome, Kev. It was just a combination of stuff you've seen on YouTube already. And I was like, no, get away from me, hot take. But really, just log on to YouTube. You can see those dunks anytime. That voice was loud enough that I stopped ignoring it. And it eventually became my real voice. My most alarmist theory is this. We are doing so many new dunks that our grandkids are never going to see a new dunk. Because all the dunks have already been done. And it sounds weirder in this voice. And nicer in this voice. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you actually believe that, but it's just kind of silly because... If you watched that dunk contest, you were excited. It was an exciting event. Sure, yes, I'll buy that. But the actual dunks themselves, I wasn't super impressed with. At some point in the future, maybe the near future, we're going to run out of dunks to do. I think that's ridiculous. A lot of my argument, Jacoby, is based on the fact that I've seen plenty of dunks on the internet. And I'm eating it up, all of it. I'm just Mm. a a glutton for uh, just grainy dunks from wherever. I will take it. We interviewed the main guy behind the scenes of all the cool YouTube dunks. My name is Charles Malas. I am the founder and owner of Team Flight Brothers, uh, which means I oversee the best dunkers in the world. So I want to sort of tell the story of Team Flight Brothers and how I think that they're great for dunking 
and in the end are going to eat up all the dunks that are left in the universe to do. So the story of Team Flight Brothers starts when Chuck's just a teenager living in South Florida, and he's working at a P.F. Chang's. I love P.F. Chang's. <laughs> and he, and I love P.F. Chang's, and you love dunking. You're going to like Chuck. I wanted to go watch Lewis Williams, you know, who's now in the NBA. I wanted to go watch him at the City of Palms in the dunk contest. The amateur dunk contest. And they wouldn't give me off of work at P.F. Chang's. So I was like, you're not going to give me off work for the dunk contest at City of Palms? <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And I just never came back. So Chuck quits his job to go watch the dunk contest. That's how much commitment he has. It doesn't sound like a sound decision, if you ask me. <laughs> to quit, just quit your gig? Yeah, this guy loves dunking. <laughs> just like, I'm out. So at the same time, like, he didn't just watch people dunk. He's a dunker himself, and he's just he just loves dunking. Pre-YouTube, Chuck starts making videos of himself dunking and uploading them using his old dial-up modem. Uh, he gets a little bit of fame from his videos, and somehow someone at Nike sees them. And Nike ends up asking Chuck to go on a dunking tour in Asia. And he starts making a little bit of money. At the time, it's, you know, 2003, probably 2002. It was unheard of to get a paycheck just to dunk. So then, Chuck, remember City Slam? Of course. I worked on City Slam. No, you didn't, did you? I did. I was born raised in New York City. I get paid to dunk. You know what I'm saying? Tell me your story. I went to, I went to a City Slam in Chicago. It was one of those things that you would, like, quote, unquote, produce, but you do absolutely nothing. Did you have a clipboard when you showed up or no? I should have. I wore a tie. Okay, so... Chuck gets invited to City Slam. This is City Slam. We're going coast to coast to find the street's top dunkers and shooters. And he's like, great news. I'm about to, like, my career in dunking is about to take off. Like, I've made the right decision about P.F. Chang's. But, curveball. I had just broken my foot probably three days before he called me. Initially, it was, like, huge bummer. But then I thought, hey, I can't do it, but I know a couple guys who can. And so I kind of gathered a few of my friends, and I sent three of these guys out there, and they had probably 50 dunkers out there, and these three ended up being in their top five guys, and one of them actually ended up winning the thing. What kind of social circles does Chuck run in? Like, who's got, like, three great dunking friends? That's the thing, man. He's just—he's got—this is his thing. Like, everybody's got their thing. Chuck is a dunk talent scout. He says, you know what? Not only is this my thing, I'm going to make a business out of it. And bang, Team Flight Brothers is born. So he decides to start a business, but he doesn't really know what's going on, so he calls dad. I was like, hey, I need some help. I need to know how to start a business here. And that's kind of, that was like the groundbreaking part for Team Flight Brothers. So, Jacoby, you're a dad. What would you do if your son came to you and said, uh, Dad, uh, I want to start a slam dunking business? I would say get back to P.F. Chang's <laughs> and make me some vegetable fried rice with extra vegetables. I would be super happy. However much money you need, I am 100% in. Let's make a dunking business. Okay, so the real big break comes a couple years later, and Chucks makes a video of one of the guys on his team. I was like, hey, try to do a 540. He did it the first try. We uploaded it to YouTube. The next day, it ended up on the front page, which means we had 2 million views in, you know, 24 hours. So people start calling Team Flight Brothers to perform at halftime shows, high schools, college games. Eventually, Chuck squads making their living just by dunking. He's actually like turned himself into less of just a dunking manager and more of a choreographer writer where he's combining athleticism, creativity, and dunking. I literally have almost 150 dunks just off of me being 
bored on an airplane or in the office writing them down like, hey, this is doable. Chuck becomes an expert on dunking, and he's one of the few people in the country whose job it is just to think about dunking. He might be the only person in the country. Like, he could be in his office in his house, and his wife is like, hey, can you do this thing? He's like, sorry, I'm working. He's just, like, writing down new dunks to do. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm working right now. Stop. Like, hey, hey, honey, how was your day? Ah, uh, you know what? Tough one. Couldn't think of any new dunks. None? Zero, I, had, I had dunking block. <laughs> Dunker's block. Dunk, you know what? You got to just, you know, put pen to paper. So he's able to take this once he gets past Dunker's block. He starts to become a consultant for the real dunk contest. Um, he helps out John Wall. I watched some team fight brothers. Zach Levine, and he helps Aaron Gordon, too. He's helped a lot of guys. So here's Chuck talking about how he helped Aaron Gordon prepare for this year's dunk contest. There was a couple dunks that were kind of on his back burners. From the Orlando Magic, Aaron Gordon, here he is. The under both legs one was on that list, so it was pretty cool to see him set the guy up, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to do it. And then Zach just like some text messages back and forth about just in case somebody did his dunk before he did his. All right, so Jacoby, this is where it takes a turn. We're going to leave Chuck for a minute and just talk about where we are with dunking overall. I think that we're living in the golden age of dunking right now, thanks to people like Chuck. And I compare this to the gold rush, okay? Oh, so imagine it's 1849. I'm heading west. Because you're hearing stories of people picking up gold nuggets off of the ground. There's gold in them, their hills. So hundreds of thousands of people head west. They find gold. They get an NFL team. They're doing that cool thing with that pan. That swirly filter oh, thing. Yep. It seems so relaxing. <laughs> seems like a great life. Not bad. A, nice, a nice trusty dog that'll warn them if something's about to happen. Gold just flows down the river and you just have to pick it up. Right into the pan. Yep. <laughs> so eventually they get all the gold and the gold rush is over. And if you want to find gold now, you can either buy it at a store or you've got to put on a heavy, heavy wetsuit and dive down underneath the Bering Sea with this gigantic hose, and you suck up a bunch of dirt, and you're like, oh, good, I found one tiny piece of gold dust. Hey, you're starting to lose me here, K-Man. Would another sound of old Western sound effect help? <laughs> no, no, no. Gold is a tangible thing that physically exists that can run out. Ideas have no bounds. I'm going to put that on a poster and put it in my kid's room. I agree with you mostly. Okay. But we are dealing with the dunk contest in a little box of variables. We've got a set variable of a regulation ball. We've got the set variable of a 10-foot hoop. We've got the set variable of a human being. Mm -hmm. And within those set variables, you stop having limitless opportunities. That's untrue. Okay. Now, what if I told you, 30 for 30 style, that this has kind of happened in another sport already. If you say figure skating, I'm going to punch that monitor. You're not going to believe it, Jacoby. It's figure skating. My name is Deborah Myers, and I wrote an article for Deadspin called Has Figure Skating Maxed Out in Difficulty? Now, Devorah took an interesting path to this article. She's writing a book about gymnastics. It's called The End of the Perfect Ten. You can go buy it. 
and she saw a trend in figure skating that caught her attention. I had noticed that in figure skating, there had been no jump innovation, for, and then mostly on the women's side, but then I went and researched the men's side. There had been no jump innovation for 20 years. The women are doing the same jumps and same jump combos that Midori Ito was doing in the late 80s. So now the triple axle, I know you're a figure skating expert, Jacoby, Mm -hmm. but the triple axle is three and a half rotations in the air, so it's harder than other triple jumps. Only a few women have done it since, and men aren't making much headway with jumps either. That is a a data point that you have to say, oh, interesting, right, Jacoby? Oh, interesting, Wilds. Good. I see what you're doing here. interesting, Wilds. I see what you're doing here. (laughs) You're showing me that there's limitations once you have enough set variables. I'm starting to be convinced of you. Absolutely not. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there, slowly but surely. In all seriousness, someone might be able to do another half spin, but you certainly, there is some limit, right? There's no one's arguing that people are going to be able to spin around eight times. There's no ocho axles on the board. So no, you have to I don't think, I don't think there will limit. be an, o- in, in, an ocho axle. Okay, there could be a quadruple axle at some point, so but probably could, not an ocho. Sure, but, but, but at sure. some point, there has to be some limit to some of this stuff. Can I just make a quick Go retort? For it. Yeah, yeah. While the variables of jumping in the air on ice skates, spinning around three and a half times, and then landing will be the same, the way that that is performed, the style and the flair that the skater uses is infinite with possibilities. So I agree, but at some point, that is less interesting than when Midori Ito first landed that triple axle. Yeah, you can do all these combinations, but it's not totally new. You're already starting to run out of gold in the riverbed. I disagree. What you're saying, Chuck, is kind of mirrors your point as well. What my guys do is they'll go and watch a clip of Isaiah Ryder in 1994. <laughs> And then they'll go watch something with Spud Webb in 86. Woo! And Spud Woo! Webb comes through in the clutch to put the pressure on Dominique. Spud Webb throws it off the backboard, dunks it with one hand. Isaiah Ryder off the backboard, goes between the legs from the baseline. We're going to put those two together. So, hey, Chuck, throw it off the side of the backboard. I'm going to take it between the legs like that. My thing here, Jacoby, is I think we're going to run out of purely new dunks. I think we can have twists and tweaks on a few basic fundamental dunks, but a purely new dunk, I think there's still, we've got probably 10 or 20 years of runway there. But I don't think our grandkids are going to see dunks that you've never seen before, like you were able to watch when you were a kid growing up. So what I'm gonna say back to you is, with the fixed variables of a canvas, paint, and a brush, Have we seen every painting? No, because you can do so many different combinations of the brushwork and the colors and the mixing and the drawing that there's going to be no end to painting, just like there's going to be no end to dunking. It's a great point, and I'm having difficulty rebutting it. I'm I'm right here. I can wait. I I can wait. I, I like the idea. You painted a nice picture there, literally and figuratively. I guess the only retort I would have would be that if I said, hey, Jacoby, you've got one paintbrush in this specific size canvas and purple. Mm -hmm. 
you probably still could come up with a limitless amount of paintings. Absolutely limitless. Yeah, but I don't I don't have this theory about painting. It's, it's not called paintumentaries. Okay. I only have this theory about Duncan. So let's keep going. Don't worry. It'll work out. So, so um, there is one huge dunk out there left to do that Chuck mentioned. And I thought, you know what? I got my Kevin Garnett hat on. I said, you know what? Anything is possible. I know it sounds like crazy, but somebody's going to do a flipping dunk. It's going to happen. So if you can just think somebody can do a flipping dunk, there's a lot of things that go in between that too that are going to happen on the way to that. And these things, I have guys working on already, and there's guys that are close to doing these, so it's going to happen soon. So here's the thing about the flip dunk, Kevin. That is one single dunk that we will see in our lifetime, right? Someone will do a front flip dunk, right? I will be happy when that happens. My point is, is once that happened, that doesn't mean there are no other dunks to do. Because you can do a front flip dunk with a costume on. You can do a front flip dunk with a twist. And then you can do a back flip dunk. And then you can do a, a, a land differently. Like there's a tons of dunks that can be done. You can also, I don't know why people haven't done this one, dunk the ball, swing off the hoop, and then do a flip. Ooh, that's cool. Why don't people do that? The dismount, I think, is something that people aren't focused on enough. Vince Carter was almost there with the elbow in. Mm -hmm. It's like you're only halfway done once you dunk the ball. I think the dismount needs to be focused on. And if John Wall called me instead of Chuck, I would say, look, man, anybody can dunk, but you can land. Oh, <laughs> I'll buy that. You might not be the best dunker, but you're the best lander, lander in the competition. It's gymnastics is all about the landing. You don't even Sticking care. The they're, landing. they're flipping around like, well, how did they land? Stick the landing. Nail so the just landing. In, just, in this, just in the past two minutes, we've doubled the amount of opportunity for creativity in a dunk. I know, and now there's so many fewer dunks to do. We're just, we're just draining the tank of dunks, unfortunately, and we just sped it up. So sorry, grandkids. Your assertion makes sense. Great. Thank that you. There's only the so many... Down movements that the human body can do. And my whole thing, like, oh, well, what if you wink and do it at the same time, doesn't fundamentally change the dunk itself. However, for the documentary episode, the documentary episode that I did was about D. Brown, yes. right? And what was so memorable about D. Brown's performance? He, he closed his eyes. Wrong. It was the shoes, pumping up the shoes. Okay. No one, that's that not has nothing the, to you do had with the dunk itself. You had a T-shirt of D. Brown five years ago. It was not of him pumping up his shoes. It was him True with his story. hand over his eyeballs. True story. I just took that T-shirt out of my drawer and took it out of the rotation. Oh, and no. And gave it to Goodwill. I did that this week. <laughs> okay. What won the dunk contest one or two years later? Cedric Zabal is like, hey, guys, remember D. Brown? I'm going to put a blindfold on, too. Head bashing against the microphone. Death of creativity. Bong, bong, bong. Do you really think there's going to be 50 years of dunks on the horizon? Yes, because I believe in humanity oh, and creativity. Believe, that's where I am. You don't believe I, in humans. Believe that's in clearly humanity. what it is. You don't believe in humans. You've got dunkers block. <laughs> I have to admit. I am less firm in my stance that there's an infinite number of dunks to do. Because as I extrapolate the future of dunking, as you asked me to, centuries and centuries, <laughs> it does get 
really gimmicky. However, I think there's a lot of runway before we get there. Like, I want to see someone really explore the dismount. I think that someone should do a handspring and pick up the ball while they're doing a handspring and then dunk it. I will say that I am less steadfast in my idea that there are less dunks to do when you started talking about the dismount and all the beautiful paintings that can be painted. And I think we've uh, we've met in the middle and we've uh, made the future brighter in the process. Let's go to P.F. Chang's. We could probably expense it. This episode was produced by Emma Morgenstern, Ryan Nantel, David Jacoby, and me, or David Jacoby and I, we're not sure. Mixing and sound design by Ryan Nantel, Dave Smith, and Aaron Leader, with help from Mitra Kaboli and Tony Chow. Special thanks to Asher Price for helping us with background info and to the NBA for letting us use their audio. And since this is the last episode of Dunkumentaries, we're giving a special shout-out to the people who helped with the whole series. Those people are Pete Genesini, Joe Mead, Joe Fuentes, Tony Chow, Reggie Hooks Jr., Jody Avergan, Jonathan Yales, Jordan Shulkin, Chuck Salatoro, Paul Williard, Aubrey Marcinko, Colin Fleming, Christine Laskowski, Kate LaRue, and everyone at ESPN Stats and Info who have all the information in the world. Huge thanks to Dave Smith, his special huge thanks, who mastered all of our episodes. Subscribe to the Dunkumentaries on iTunes or in the Listen tab of the ESPN app so you can listen to the other four episodes. If you want to see some of Chuck Milan's guys dunking, go to ESPN.com slash Dunkumentaries. Find us on Twitter at Dunkumentaries and leave us an iTunes rating too. We really appreciate it. Okay, that's it. I'm Kevin Wilds. Thanks for listening. Slam dunk. Jeez, come on, Wilds.